On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, hey, they've always got the good oil. Pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. Yeah, it's 11 o'clock on a Monday and it's always on Sky Sports Radio this time when we find out a little bit about the story behind the name on Monday's Experts. If you're listening live across New South Wales, hello to you. Or if you're listening on our podcast, today we're chatting with a Group 1 winning trainer. He has been taking out the Canberra Trainers Premiership many, many moons, or for many, many moons, I should say. He's now based at Queanbeyan, and he's looking to start another chapter, I guess, in his training career, training in New South Wales. And I speak of Nick Olive, who joins us on the phone. G'day, Nick. Good morning, Dave. How are you, mate? Good, mate. You're on the way to Corowa at the moment, so we're going to battle the old phone reception here, mate, and hopefully technology's on our side. Yeah, that's right. Let's talk about your career, mate. Uh, where did it all start? Because you went to university, uh, you've been obviously involved in the game, but where were you born? Uh, born in Canberra. Um, yes, yeah, so born in Canberra, mate. Didn't weren't born into racing, so to speak. My dad was uh, that was he loved the races, and we used to go out with him, myself, my brother, um, and that's where the. That's where the bug started for me. So you'd go to the uh, you'd go to the races there in Canberra, and was it just because of his love of the punt, or or a good day out? Yeah, he he, you know, he loved the punt, and he he just loved the races as well. So yeah, we we'd go there a fair bit. Uh, used to race a lot on a Saturday back then, and and um, we'd have our fifty cents each way on something, and yeah, uh, yeah it went from there, mate. Fantastic. And what were your first sort of memories of the races back then, mate, in Canberra? Oh, look, I remember horses like China Garden and Digger Starkus and, and obviously John Morrissey used to win everything. So, um, yeah, it was... Uh, I used to love it out there, mate, yeah. to be honest. I used to, I used to keep a book of all the all the horses and, you know, how they all went each start. And, and um, yeah, I just loved the local racing. Yeah, what was it about it, mate? Was it the excitement, the colours? What was it about it? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think, well... You know, I, I do love horses for one, for sure, and um, and also I suppose you know I, I love sport as well, and just the competitiveness of you know having a winner and and um, everyone doing their best. I sort of love that aspect too. Yeah, fantastic, uh, Nick. When you went to um, you know the races uh, with your brother as a, as uh, as young boys, going with the old man. Um, at what point or at what moment in your sort of you know life did you go right? I want to be involved with this full time. I reckon when I was about eight years old. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I sort of said, you know, I, I, I love this. I want to do this. I had, I started having pictures of racehorses all over my bedroom wall, and um, yeah. So look, I was a bit of a weirdo to my mates who had pictures of Samantha Fox all over there. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Look, yeah. Just so when I was pretty young, and look, my my family very was quite academic. Everyone sort of went through uni and. And, and then, you know, I was a bit of a shock to the system when I said, oh, I want to get in the racing industry. Um, but, you know, mum and dad were supportive of me and and uh, the deal was I, I had to go to uni. <laughs> I went to uni for, for a few years and um, and, and actually started, studied horse management. But, uh, uh, yeah, so that was where we sort of started. Went out to, I started at Ray Guys. I got my first job, like, finished year 12 and... and um, Dad said, "Well, if you can get a job, you can you can go do it, you know." And I, I went and got the land and, and rang them up, and they said, "Yeah, you can start tomorrow." So I was in the car, and 
up to Sydney and, and, and started up there. Where, so so you went there first, and, and when did you do, where did you do the uni at, mate? Uh, well, I did the uni afterwards, mate, but I did that at Orange. Um, but yeah, I, I worked in the industry before I went to uni. Yep. Uh, just wanted to get some experience and you know a bit more understanding of it. Um, so yeah, did that and and um, and and you know when I was at race, he sort of said, "Oh, look, I can see you you want a future in this," and he he said, "I'll what I'll do, I'll organise you to go up to Arrowfield Stud and and um, and work up there. You, you can you're going to learn a lot more up there with horses and stuff." So I, I also did that too, mate. Fantastic, mate. Do you think, and I, I, I sometimes wonder this, you know, with my old girl when I was sort of chasing, you know, and I'd say to her, well, I want to be on radio talking about horses or I want to call rugby league. And they look at you and go, well, that's great. I'm going to back you. But you're probably going to, you know, you're better off being an engineer or doing the new thing. So when you went off to raise, do you feel like that was a point where they went, righto, we'll let Nick go and do this. We'll let him go and get a taste of the real world. But at the end of the day, He's probably going to be too hard, and he'll come back. Do you think? Do you, did you get? Do you get a bit of that feeling? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. I know when Dad, my brother, and and Dad dropped me off at Rose Hill, and you know our living quarters was in a stable block with like six other six other blokes, three bunks, and um, he, he said he said to my brother, "Don't tell your mum about this, will you?" I mean, he said he'll be back soon, but uh, yeah, it didn't end up happening. Yeah, it's amazing that. What did you learn? Okay, so let's talk about the, the different phases, mate. What was one of the big things you learnt when you first arrived at Ray's? Uh, well, look, it was all it was all a massive learning curve for me. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd done a bit of experience back in Canberra for a guy called Simon Katz before school, um, so I sort of had I had some I had did have some experience before I went up there, but uh, just you know just learning, you know, the process of you know, track work and, and what's involved in a morning of, of, of track work in a, in a bigger stable, mate, I think. Um, you know, I, I think going to Arrowfield Stud, you know, I probably learned more about the horses up there, you know, just you, you're sort of dealing with, you know, young horses all the way through to stallions and, and um, yearlings and weanlings and so forth. So you sort of learn to handle horses. I sort of thought I learned to handle horses a lot more uh, in that respect, up there, um, yeah. But it was just—it was just all the experience of the of the racing thing, and you know, I, I was very green and new to it. Also, was any any bit of knowledge I could get at that stage was was worthy. Yeah, that's that's sensational. And then, mate, um, obviously coming back, so you've been, you know, in the game. You then go into the uni. Was that difficult to manage the uni, and then also trying to work in the industry? No, well, I went to uni full time. So, oh wow, okay. Yeah, left the left the industry and went to uni full time. Um, so that was for two years. Uh, lived on campus and and like that. The uni, the horse management course up there when when we did it was was pretty full on. You know, you you had your own horses that you had to look after sort of before you started uni and and then finish after you. You know, you had to do them after you finished uni as well. You know, the, the actual theory work you sort of. You had horses to look after, so it was very practically based, and um, you know, it was you know, and it was on the weekends as well. You know, you had to sort of look after your horses, work your horses on the weekend, and so forth. Yeah, and then obviously, mate, um, when you finished that, uh, where was your next position after you had the uh, the degree or the qualification? Yeah, so I, 
we had to do the last bit of the, the course was work experience placements and I, I did one with Ken Callaghan. Um, he was at Capricorn Park just outside Canberra. And uh, I was meant to, I did that for eight weeks and, and then Ken offered me a job while I, was, while I was doing it, you know, when I finished uni. So um, I was meant to go on and do another placement in, in a couple of other places, but I, I actually got my lip bitten off while I was there by a horse. And, uh, hey, Ingham. Yeah, I had a bit of time off, and, and um, so just just stayed there with Ken the whole time for the whole whole lot of work experience, which was great. And um, it wasn't long after that I sort of started working for Ken that you know I became its foreman and, and went from there. What was that like working for Ken, mate? Oh, it was awesome, mate. I I loved it. You know, that was probably the you know the start of really learning what training's about and. And, and you know, managing the racing stable, and um, Ken was a great bloke too. We, you know, we lived on the property, and uh, we did a lot of social stuff together, and you know, water skiing after work, and, and you know, just, just it was just a great time. He, you know, Ken treated me really well, and um, and taught me a lot. Yeah. When you say that that was a real learning curve for you, what what were some of the things that he taught you, mate? Oh, look, just I suppose you know programs for horses getting you know getting horses fit like he you know he can definitely get a horse fit can and um and you know he had some pretty decent horses when i was there too mate so yeah you know just learning to place horses and and um you know just, just all that sort of management stuff that's involved in a in a racing stable you know it's a, it's a big difference going from being a stable hand where you're just turning up and doing your work to actually you know having to make decisions to manage you know, what happens day-to-day to each horse. We're chatting with Nick Olive this morning on Racing HQ and also Monday's Experts, of course, where we find out a little bit about the story behind the name. And, Nick, what about your time you spent with Barbara Joseph then? Yeah, well, that's right. Ken, Ken they ended up selling the property Capricorn and Ken moved to Goulburn and I wanted to stay locally. So Barb had not long just opened a Canberra, Canberra stable after coming up from Bombala and... Um, uh, yeah, got a job working there and, um, you know, then eventually sort of became foreman for Barb as well. And, you know, that, that was probably that was probably my biggest learning curve of the whole lot, I think. You know, like working for Barb, it was um, because, you know, Barb spent a lot of time in Bombala, so you're sort of in charge on a day-to-day basis of managing everything. And, and uh, that, you know, I learned a lot from Barb and... You know, I'd be on the phone to her every every you know two three times a day, just going through stuff. And um, yeah, we you know she had some great horses back then too. She did, and uh, yeah, she was you know Barb treated me like a son, and and um, yeah, it was a, that was fantastic. Yeah, what were some of the best horses you dealt with, mate, with Ken and Barb? I mean, what about a horse like Spanish Mix? Uh Spanish Mix, no, I don't. At Ken's, I don't, no. I, I um classic. Classic, classic Magic. Yeah, uh, that was Spanish, one. Classic Magic, Stormy Regent. Um, they were probably the two best horses out of Cairns. Um, probably uh, with Barb, you know, obviously ain't seen nothing. Um, raced in the Melbourne Cup. Um, you know, and, and just with Barb, she, she was sort of winning. She was sort of having doubles and trebles, you know, left, right and centre at most country meetings. It was... Uh, it was good fun, you know. Had horses like McJoey and one that and Goodwood and sort of won the Wagga Cups and and um, yeah, it was it was just fantastic and sort of 
and you know, Barb's still like that. She's very sociable, yeah. uh, very sociable, stable. You know, they really get their owners involved, and and you know, to be part of that, sort of, still got some really good friends out of my time with Barb. Certainly the case, mate. Very much so. Uh, Nick, what about uh, then you you jump out on your own, mate? Um, and now that was two thousand and five, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't really remember, mate. To be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So jumped out on our own, and, and um, you know, sort of started with probably eight horses. Um, I, I probably trained a few horses while I worked the bar too. You know, so sort of built it up to about eight horses, and and started with that. And, and Lukey Pepper, uh, he came and worked for me as well. Um, yep. And we, we just had such a fantastic run for those first few years. Like, I remember, I think we won the, the first year, full year of training, we won the Canberra Apprenticeship. And I, I think they only had sort of eight, between eight and 15 horses for the year in work. So, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty good times. And we, and we had a, in our first year, we had a mare called Sonata. Uh, she um, ended up, I, I bought her for a bunch of guys. Uh, from the scone sale, I only paid six thousand for it, but I was just starting out, and, and, and they they didn't want the horse yeah. <laughs> after I bought it. So I syndicated. I kept half of it and syndicated the rest out to some mates, and uh, she ended up, you know, she she ran second in the Australasian Oaks at Group One, and bloody hell, and, and uh, ran third in the um, the Wakeful Stakes on, on Derby Day behind um, Serenade Rose. Um, yeah, so she she was she was a great mare. She raced in a few Group Ones and stuff, and and probably won at the time. Probably won about three hundred thousand dollars for us. So that was a that was a good way to start. Yeah, certainly the, the case, mate. And what about um, you know, your time there with Luke? Because obviously he was a young bloke coming through as well. And now look what he's obviously gone on to achieve. I mean, that must have given you some uh, you know, a bit of a thrill that he's a young bloke that comes along and then can learn from you, so to speak. Uh, and then take that onwards into his career. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, Luke, he's a he's a great horseman and um, champion guy. You know, we still talk every week, even though he's moved up the scone. And um, yeah, look, you know, you, you know, I, I do get proud of Luke to be honest. You know, like when he when he's you know achieving what he does, and when he won that big race a couple of months ago, you know, very proud of what he's doing, and, and it's great to see. It certainly is. We're chatting with Nick Olive this morning on Monday's Experts. What about uh, your stable? When you first started in 2005, how many boxes did you have? Uh, we had... I actually bought a stable and it had 20, 20 boxes, mate. So um, we quickly grew, you know, over the next couple of years. We quickly, quickly, quickly grew to sort of... I think we got up to 55 at one stage. Um, you know, we... we we leased the two stables either side of us um, at our stable, and yeah, things things grew pretty quickly. Okay, and and, and so best horse you had at the time was it that horse you just mentioned before? Yeah, Zanata. Yeah, yep. And then then sort of had another horse called Voice Commander that you know won a couple of stakes races and won the Wagga Cup, and um, you know he he probably won a million dollars in prize money throughout his career too. So. Been pretty pretty fortunate to have uh, you know most of my career sort of have a decent horse, which is you yeah. know hard to find hard to find for a country trainer. No, it certainly is, mate. Um, what was it about finding those decent horses? I mean, first off, the process. I mean, were you 
Do they just sort of pop up now and then uh, when you least expect? And then secondly, what's it about these good horses? Because obviously, like any trainer, especially a country trainer, you know when you've got a good one and you know when you've got a slow one. What what characteristics, you know, happen with your single gazers, your Zanatas, et cetera? Yeah, the thing the thing with those horses, they they just kept it, they just kept improving, proving whenever you stepped up, you know, like they they'd handle things um, better than you know just your average horse, and and um, they they just kept getting better and better, you know, like I sort of learn over the years, you'll have a horse that you think's really good when you first get it, and then they don't go anywhere, but those better horses just kept improving all the time and just, just kept getting better as, they, as their careers went on. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I want to talk about single gaze because she was a beauty, wasn't she? Oh, yeah. She was a, she was a dream come true, actually. You know, she she's uh, she was such a wonderful mare. And, and you know, when, when we had her, you, you know, you appreciate she's a good horse and that, but you probably don't realise what she's actually achieved until it's finished. You know, you, you're in the... You're in the zone of training her and, and trying to get the results. Um, you know, I, I still am good mates with some of the owners in that horse, and we still go to dinner and reminisce. And you know, it's just unbelievable some of the things she did. Uh, exactly. Yeah, let, let's reminisce now because I love reminiscing, especially about these types of horses. You produced her at, on debut at Rose Hill. Yep. She was 80s. Now, tell me you had something on at the 80s. <laughs> Not a cent, mate. Not a cent. <laughs> and don't tell me you were pouring the cold water on in the uh, the prison report saying this has got none. <laughs> no, I didn't say that, but I I actually it was on Derby Day in Melbourne and I actually I actually ended up going to Derby Day with the <laughs> mates and, and half the owners went down to Derby Day as well, you know, so there wasn't much confidence. Um Yeah, but gee geez, like that. You know, I'd implore your uh, your listeners to have a look at that replay. It was such a such a great win. She was no chance at the six hundred. She was sort of back near last. You know, un- under pressure and just just picked the bit up the last bit and, and flew home. And, and she won quite comfortably in the end. And you know, who she beat that day. Yeah, I know. I know. There was. I, I think there was a six horse field. I think, and there's been three Group Oneers. Group yep. one winners come out of that race. Yep. Yeah. So she, yeah. she she beat uh, the horse that ran last on that day at a dollar sixty five was Exosphere. So Exosphere yeah, ran right. last. Of course, he went on to win a Golden Rose. You had in there, I think, Brooklyn uh, Counter Attack, Zulu Royal, um, Bar Stories, Artistic Beauty. So she came out that day at eighties. After you've you know viewed that and watched that that day, and she got back to the stables. Did your sort of mindset with her change completely? Yeah, it did, mate. It did, you know. So we, we so we sort of headed that way, started to head that way with her. Um, yeah, it did change. It definitely did change, you know. Because she went then to the Magic Millions at Wyong, where she ran third. Um, probably a track that didn't really sort of suit her, but again, her run was enormous. Then her run on the Gold Coast was huge that day where she got a long way back and Ollie rode her and she hit the line hard and um, I mean it's not easy for a young horse like that too to sort of you know then go to a black opal and and, and what she was obviously doing at three was all pretty much just on her X Factor wasn't it? Yeah yeah, it was you know like she she was only a little thing but she she just had such a great constitution she was just so tough and just had that willing willingness to sort of 
you know, put itself on the line and just give yeah. everything each start, you know. So, yeah, she was a wonderful man. She, she was paying her own way too. Like, she actually didn't break through for her second victory until the Keith Nolan at Tekembla in 16 where she won that day and then she won the Vinery. Um, that day she won the Vinery. Talk about your emotion, mate. Yeah, that that was unbelievable. You know, just I, I suppose every trainer it's their dream to win a Group One, um, and you know when you're sharing it with good mates as well, it just makes it all the more special. And um, yeah, the day she won that was just unbelievable. It's just I'll never forget that day. And we um, we went to a bar. I, I don't even know where it was. Brenton, I think Brenton might have owned it. And um, and yeah, the one we in the went cross. To, yeah, I, I don't, it wasn't that one at the time. It was okay. a different one. But, um, yeah, and there was a heap of people there and we just had the cup and everyone was drinking out of it. And, you know, like it was yeah. just such a wonderful day, you know, just to... But just to, just to get that Group 1 victory, I think, you know, it's it's pretty special and, and, and something you never forget. Were your family there as well, mate? Yeah, they were, mate, yeah. Yep. That's sensational. And then I guess... Um, probably a day you don't want to remember, uh, but it would have scared the living daylights out of you. That Oaks Day. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was talk about from the top to the bottom was sort of the way racing goes, though, isn't it? But um, yeah, that was that was pretty scary. You know, I thought, you know, it wasn't just you know we we become fairly close to Kathy over the years too. So to see her have a heavy fall like that, and it was a heavy fall. Um, you know, you just prayed that, the, that both rider and horse were okay and un, unfortunately they both came through it all right. It took took single gaze a lot longer to come through it than what Cathy did. Yeah. But, yeah. What yeah. did you, um, alright let's talk about that, Let, let's, let's reflect on that. Um, getting her back to Canberra that night or that the next couple of days, um, did you think her career would be over? Yeah, I, I didn't know mate, I didn't know I'll be honest. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know. I, I I hoped it wouldn't be, but there was nothing. There was nothing like majorly wrong with her. It was just such a heavy fall that she she just must have bruised things so badly, you know. In you know inside, um, because I, I did we did give her a good good you know good spell after that, and um, I brought her back in, and I just felt she still wasn't right, so I tipped her back out for another good spell, and and then she was. You know, she came back and, and sort of got her confidence back and got going again. And then you took her up to Brisbane. She went to, uh, what, Doombin Cups, ran second in a Hollandale. Uh, she won that yep. uh, Pat O'Shea, which was a, a beauty. And then you continued on later that year down in Melbourne where she probably, well, you can't say should have won a, Mil- uh, should have won a Caulfield Cup, but, geez, mate, to run second in a Caulfield Cup, Probably a race you watched as a kid growing up. That must have been yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, it was, and that that was just the toughest run you'll you'll ever see in a race. Yeah, you know, was. like she 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 did so much work, and and just to still be there in the finish, and the winner just had such a suck run, and yeah. and and just nailed us on the line. It was just such a brave run. We we celebrated like we won it though. Like it was such a thrill for us. And you're back um, in each way there, surely. Yeah, we did actually. We did. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think the cameraman got confused. I thought we might have won the race, but we, <laughs> we'd run second. But we were we were pretty pretty happy with it. She just never she, and then from then she um she just always seemed to find one better. But the one she was finding better, bloody good horses. Like the day she obviously ran second to Hartnell um in a in a CF four. 
She was back that day. I, I was going to ask you this. She was 31 to 19s that day, and that was first up after that uh, Melbourne Cup run after you give her the trial. Did you go down the, the highway that day thinking you were going to win this? Yeah, we thought she'd go well, but obviously, you know, first up's probably not a best a best run, but we knew she was going really, really well, yeah, and, and um, yeah, she only just got nutted by Hartnell, unfortunately, but, um, yeah, another game run. Look, she was, yeah. I reckon, I reckon, in, you know, that's the thing, we look back and, you know, and she, I don't know, I can't, I can't guess how many group ones she raced in, but it would have been close to 10, I reckon, and she, you know, she finished nearly top four in, in all of them, probably except the Melbourne Cup, you know. Like, it was, she's just so consistent, just gave everything, every start. Mm, she certainly did, mate. And obviously now she's a mum. I think she's over in Japan, isn't she? Yeah, she is. She's had a had a few foals over in Japan, and um, I think the first one's not far off racing, to be honest. Okay. Well, mate, we can tune in on a Sunday and be watching him and hand sin or wherever they race over there and and uh, you'll probably be roaring um that would be proud mate if you could have a do you imagine if she can throw a real good one over there yeah that would be good mate but yeah we're we're, we're so proud of her you know she's she'll always have a special place in my heart and and uh just such a wonderful horse to train too you know she was mm. just a beautiful horse what about horses in your stable at the moment mate i mean how's it all going in regards to you moved to Queen BM. We know the story with Canberra Racing. We know that it was just too difficult for you financially to, to stay put. Um, so you've gone to Queen BM. How's that gone? And are you looking forward to the future? Yeah, yeah, I am. Look, it's probably it's probably given me a, a new lease of life, so to speak. Like just um, you know, when you change and something's different, it's you know you sort of spark up a little bit, I think. But. Um, it, it's been very different, the change. Um, it's taken a bit of adjustment, but we feel we're starting to, to adjust now. And, um, you know, the horses are really enjoying That's one thing I've noticed. It's a lot more uh, quieter, rural sort of setup, and uh, the horses are a lot more relaxed. They seem to eat a little bit better. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're actually okay. really starting to, to, to enjoy it. We are. It's just, what, it's just taken put, a bit of change. What do you put that down to, mate? That's interesting. Yeah, just a relaxed environment, just a more relaxed environment, I think. Like, it's so, you know, I sit down there after I finish in the morning and it's just so relaxing. All you can hear is the birds, all you can hear is the birds tweeting, you know. Like, it's just, yeah, like at Canberra, you know, Canberra's got a, is a, is a, is a good environment, but, you, you know, you've got the highway and everything else around you and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, it's just, I just find it so peaceful, you know. Yeah. It's, just, it's just so quiet and peaceful. What about, um, I mean, I don't want to go right into it, mate, but how heartbreaking was it for you to see what's happening with Canberra and, and those trainers there? Oh, yeah, it's very heartbreaking, you know. Like, I've spent my whole career at Canberra, basically, and, um, you know, I'm a Canberra boy. You grew up going to the Canberra races, and, um, yeah, it, it's... It's it, you know it's very sad. I, I you know I had to I had to sort of do some work to to sort of get through that. I think you know like just to um, it was a big change for me and you know I just had to I just had to keep my mind right to to cope with that. And by moving, you've now got obviously more options with highways and probably can attract a different type type of horse, can't you? Yeah, well, that's right. That's the plan. You know, like we're. As I said, we're probably rebuilding a little bit, which is exciting too. And and um, but yeah, look, we've, I think in the future, yeah, definitely we can sort of aim more horses at highways and 
you know, be confident we're going to get runs with them. And, and um, yeah, it's, you know, those highways are just such great prize money that Racing New South Wales has put into them. It's it's just, um, it's great, you know. Like, we, we, we ran fourth in one on Saturday and, and you know, you end up pick, picking up nearly 7,000 for running fourth, you know. So, um, yeah, it's just great money. Certainly is, mate. What about uh, Nick Olive in five years' time? Where do you want to see yourself, mate? What do you want to, what do you want to achieve in the next five years? Oh, look, look, mate. I, I just want to get the best out of each horse. You know, like I'm just, I'm getting, you know, not not old, but I'm I'm older now. But um, you know, I, I just, I, I really just, I like, I'm, I'm very hands on with the horses, and I want to stay that way, and 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 just. You know, just get the the best out of each horse. Like I still love winning, you know, a race at well, if I win a race, you know, Coral at today, you know, I still love that as much as anything else, you know. So, um, I, I just want to, you know, probably improve our strike rate a little bit more, um, and and just sort of aim and place horses to be winning races as much as we can. Yeah, exactly right. Well, mate. I hope it uh, it it is a, a prosperous five years and beyond, mate. Because you got the the family, and no doubt, maybe is any of the family got the bug, the little ones. Ah, uh, yeah, one of them does, but she, we've sort of kept her a bit out, a bit, a bit away from it so far. <laughs> well, we you sound sound like you're old, trying to steer them in yeah. a different direction. Yeah, yeah, that's right, mate. Mate, uh. before I let you go, you're going to Corowa today. We got to we got to pay for Christmas, you know. Prawns, everything's going up, inflation. Mate, is this thing in the first tomorrow? Oh, I'm not going to say tomorrow, but I, I, it's definitely improved, mate. And I, I think it'll run a super race. I yeah. do. It's it was unlucky the other day, and 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 I reckon it's improved a lot off that run. Right, mate. Well, we'll have something on. Thanks so much for joining us, mate. I know you're busy this morning heading to the races. It's great to talk to you, not just about the horses and how they're going to perform, but. Uh, just, you know, your your career and life, mate. You should be very proud of what you've achieved. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Much appreciated, mate. And you have a great Christmas too. Champion, mate. Look forward to sinking a few with you soon. Nick Olive, uh, this morning on Monday's Experts. It's 11.30.